0: morning everyone great to see you this morning and uh, hello to everybody at home or watching online as well it's lovely to be with you well we're going to continue our journey to the cross well it's kind of post-cross now Jesus has been to the cross he's resurrected but we're just going to continue with this series a little longer Oh, I'm going to take this down a little bit. It's a little bit too high for me, so just bear with me. That's better. So, in this series so far, we looked at how Jesus resolutely set his face to Jerusalem with a view that he would die on the cross and suffer, knowing exactly what was before him. We see before that how he prepared his disciples for what was going to happen and multiplied his disciples to ensure the continuity of his mission on earth after he had died, resurrected and gone back to heaven so that his work will continue. And he did this through preparing his disciples and multiplying his disciples. We see how important it was for him to spend those last few hours with his disciples, reassuring them of his love and giving them an example of what it was to follow Christ by serving one another, by him humbling himself to take on the role of a servant and wash their feet. And he instituted the Lord's Supper, we call it communion, the breaking of bread, by which we remember and are grateful for this incredible work that he did on the cross where his body was broken for our wholeness and his blood was shed for our forgiveness and we come now into a new agreement with God that as we exercise faith in Christ and what he's done all the promises of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament and through Christ become ours not by keeping the law but by faith in Christ And then we see how Jesus was brutally crucified and then he was resurrected, died for our sins, but resurrected for our transformation and how he revealed himself to disciples, both men and women. And then last week, Sean spoke about how Jesus gave us this great command to go and to share and tell what he had done and proclaim the kingdom of God. And I just want to just reel us back in a little bit before that great commission and look at one extra little thing that happened post-resurrection the 40 days after Jesus was risen from the dead, I want us to take a look at that, what did Jesus do what was his activities and we read it in Acts chapter 1 so let's have a look at that together oh as we look at that, I want you to notice these things. He gives instructions by the Holy Spirit to his chosen apostles. He gives many convincing proofs that he's alive, and he talks to his disciples about the kingdom of God. Let's have a look at it. In my former book, Theoloptis, that means lover of God, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, after his sufferings, he presented himself and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard him speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you now at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he said this, as he, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So this morning, what I'd like to focus on is this, intriguing little verse. He appeared for them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He talked to them over a 40-day period about the kingdom of God. Now, this is really intriguing because Jesus had just spent three full years teaching and demonstrating the kingdom of God. He taught it in his parables, saying, "The kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God is like the kingdom of God is like." The gospels are full of these exp- uh, uh, stories and parables and explanations, explorations of what the kingdom of God is like, and he demonstrated it what the kingdom of God was like with with miracles and healings and deliverance. In fact, the kingdom of God in the gospel is virtually on every page in the ESV version of uh, the new te- of the gospels the kingdom of god is mentioned 100 uh, the kingdom is mentioned 126 times and so you're thinking to yourself well jesus you've had 3 years to talk about the kingdom of god to your disciples the 72 and more and the crowds i mean what more is there to say i mean Surely there's other things that you could talk about and prepare them for, that you wanted to to distill into the minds of the disciples, the early apostles, to teach us about the church. The kind of things that you might teach on a, a discipleship course. How to pray, how to read your Bible, the importance of church, how to resist sin how to grow in your relationship with Jesus. I mean, surely you might want to be instilling these type of things, but it says here that he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now, why was he continuing to teach about the kingdom of God again after he spent three years talking about it? Well, maybe it was this. Maybe there were some things about the kingdom of God that they could only begin to grasp after the power of the resurrection, after the crucifixion. Maybe there were things in their mind before Jesus was crucified and rose again that their minds just couldn't take on board and their minds were only open to it after. Maybe, Maybe they needed what we can call a paradigm shift. Now, a paradigm shift is when you look at something familiar but you see it differently. So in 1973, this came onto the scene. It was the first digital watch. Now up to that point, for hundreds of years, watches were only seen and built with cogs and springs. That was it. That was the way you did a watch. And then suddenly, some bright spark had this idea that maybe we could build the same thing in a different way. Maybe if we looked at something differently, we could have an authentic watch, but there was a different way of doing it or seeing it now. That's what a paradigm shift is. Now, paradigm shifts can come in a number of different ways. Sometimes we get a paradigm shift when we go through crisis because crisis forces us to see things differently. How about the crisis that we've gone through recently with the pandemic, that has forced us to see a different way how we can communicate and do church. We can do church here as we're doing it today, face-to-face, but we're also doing church online. And it's caused us to think, well, can we do church in a different way? And it's caused us to be able to continue to do church teach, preach, have a sense of community, a sense of connectivity, and engage in mission? Who would have thought that we would be reaching more people with the gospel, not being able to meet and do and communicate face-to-face now because of this crisis? Who would have thought that lockdown would have been our greatest opportunity for the message to be released. Who would have thought that post-crisis? No, but this crisis has forced us all over the world to have a paradigm shift so we see the same thing. How do we do mission in a different way? How do we do church in a different way? That's what a crisis can do. Maybe the crisis of the cross and the power of the resurrection shifted something in the disciples' mindset that they could hear things from Jesus that they could not understand beforehand. Another thing that brings um, a paradigm shift is a power encounter of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can have a power encounter... Or see something that we think is impossible and it so messes with our head that the the ceilings and restrictions and the way that we view things are opened up that we can see things in a fresh light. I think that's what happened when Jesus was risen from the dead. I mean they saw how dead he really was. And he was risen in power as we've discussed in other sessions. And power encounters can do this. I remember one church leader who was not from a church background that was familiar with healing. Um, It's not that this background would say that God doesn't heal or cannot heal, but it wasn't something that was thought that God would do commonly and regularly. And he was invited to a New Wine Cymru conference. It was in Lampeter. It was one of our first ones. And that morning, he turned up to the conference. And for some unknown reason, he had just developed a, a terrible bladder plane. I mean, it was, it, was, it was really, really, he was struggling all through the night. Uh, He was on campus because it was a residential thing. He turned into the conference first thing in the morning, and he was saying to himself as the worship was going on, when this session is over, I'm going to have to go and get some painkillers, and if that doesn't sort it, I'm going to have to go home. I was uh, speaking first session, and as I began to close my first talk, um, the Holy Spirit showed me that there was somebody here with a bladder pain. And this church leader was right at the back. I've never met him, didn't know who he was there, didn't know, never come across him before, didn't even know his name. He's now a good friend, but I didn't know him at the time. And I said, there's somebody here with a bladder pain. I won't invite you to the front because I don't want to embarrass you. But if you ask Jesus to heal you now, I believe he's going to heal you. And in that moment, he got healed. The pain completely went, he was shocked. He said to himself, what is this? He came down to the front and told me about it. And in that moment, there was a paradigm shift. And he began to see things differently. And things that he didn't see were possible or were done in a regular basis, and now something shifted there. And he was, he's, a, he's an outstanding theologian and Bible teacher. And he went on a journey of discovery in the light of scriptures. And his ministry and church changed as a result of that. And there were moves of the Holy Spirit and healings taking place. I've got some of the healings from his church recorded. Absolutely astonishing. There was a good friend and he's on the leadership team of New Wine Cymru. A power encounter can cause your mind to shift and change, where you things begin to open up. Jesus said to his disciples before he was crucified, risen from the dead, I have much more to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Or some people say you can't hear them now, one version says. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's that's an interesting thing there. One, the spirit of truth. Well, the, the, the spirit of truth when he comes to it, it is a power encounter. The spirit of truth comes to us in power. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes to you, he will lead you into truth. He will guide you into truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak of only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. A shift will happen when the Holy Spirit comes. And after the resurrection... Jesus began to speak to the disciples about God's reign on earth, the kingdom of God. Now, he may be going through what he'd already gone through in his previous three years and going through it again just to make sure they got it. He may have been talking about things that were to come. But one thing we do know for sure, in the context of him teaching And talking about the kingdom of God, one thing we know for sure from this text of Scripture, he was speaking about the Holy Spirit. Three times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in this Scripture in the context of him talking about the kingdom of God. Let's have a look at it on the slide. I think there's a slide to show us. Here it is. Giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen right at the beginning. He says, wait for the gift of my father's promised you, heard about. John baptized with water, but you in a few days will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Three times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in what? Eight verses, but in the context of him speaking over 40 days about the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God at this time when Jesus was speaking had already begun to break through. Jesus came out of the wilderness, it says, He said it was came out of the baptism waters. The Holy Spirit came upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and rested upon him. By the Spirit, it says he was led into the Spirit, the desert to be tested. By the Spirit, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit it says in the power of the spirit he came out and then he said change your mind the kingdom of god is at hand now the the word that we're familiar with that word comes from the greek it means repent repent the kingdom of god is at hand basically it's a greek word it means metamorphosis it means to change your mind change the way you're thinking about things have a paradigm shift Let your minds be open. Why? Because the kingdom of God is at hand, and he preached and taught about the kingdom, and he demonstrated it with power. It says one day the power of the Lord was upon Jesus, and he healed the sick. He says if I cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is amongst you. The kingdom of God is the liberating, transforming rule of God. And it had begun when Jesus came. It's like a train pulling into a station. Oh, the train is is here, but it's not fully here. I can see the train coming into the platform, but it hasn't fully here because I can see the engine of the first few carriages. But there's a lot of carriages to come. It's here, but not here yet. It's coming It's arrived, but it hasn't fully arrived. He says, change the way you think. The kingdom of God is arriving. It's here. It's within hand. You can reach out. You can touch it. You can see it. You can be transformed by it. But it's not yet fully here. He taught about the kingdom, healed the sick, set the demonic free. How did he do this? all in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Next slide, please. Thank you very much. Jesus said in Luke 4 concerning the kingdom of God, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. How did Jesus bring in and execute on earth and begun to bring in the kingdom of God? How did he do it? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God. Now this government, this rulership of God, this kingdom of God, this reign of God replaces oppression and bondage with liberty and favor. That's what this scripture is all about. I've come to set the captives free. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It overthrows oppression and bondage and brings to the people liberty and favor. And Jesus now... Just before he's going to go back to heaven, he's talking to his disciples about the kingdom of God. And as he's talking to them, it prompts this question. And we can see how the paradigm shift is not fully complete in them yet. It prompts this question. He's talking about the kingdom of God, and they say to him, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, it's as if they still didn't get it. They were still thinking in terms of earthly, worldly, political regime change. Are you you now, Lord, now you're talking about the kingdom, woohoo, and it's getting exciting, and it's about setting the oppressed free and bringing liberty. Are you now, Lord, going to boot the Romans out so we can govern ourselves under God? And this was the Israelites and every devout Jew's messianic expectations. They're expecting God to give them a king that would govern over them, and so the oppressive rulers of the nations would be booted out, and the kingdom would be restored to Israel again, like David, that glorious reign of David. Very interesting what Jesus' response was. Let's look at it together. The Jesus response was to talk about the Holy Spirit's transforming power for his disciples to be witnesses. He was talked about the Holy Spirit's transforming power that would bring liberty and change to the human heart from self-rulership to Jesus' rulership. Jesus is Lord. Confess that Jesus is Lord and you will be delivered, saved, saved. Set free. This is what he said. It's not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes to heaven and a cloud hid him before their sight. Now notice the contrast. Jesus directly answers their question, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you now liberate us from oppressive governments, Lord? Will you now do it, bring political regime change? He answers them with this, it's not for you to know the time when the Father is set for his return. That is the time when Jesus returns and all kings, all governments, all rulers bow the knee and confess that Jesus is Lord and he becomes Lord over every king and every ruler. It's not for you to know the time I'm going to return. But in connection to your question, I say this, and it's in relation to the question. You will receive power to bring my rule to human hearts one at a time. And this power changes hearts that no political government or judicial law can bring liberty to. No government, no law, can bring liberty to the human heart, internally. No government law can set you free from yourself. And let me tell you, you're the most most tyrannical ruler that you'll ever have over your life. Nobody can set you free from the oppression and the bondage that fallenness, brokenness, sinfulness brings into our own lives. no no political system can set us free from the self-obsessed thinking that the human heart has and it's all about me, myself, I, the the unholy trinity that brings the oppression to others, the wounds to others the brokenness to others that throws from our own brokenness The power of the Holy Spirit changes the hearts of people that no government or law can do. And in 1 Corinthians it says this, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but power. Politicians may talk, but God has power. So what does this mean for you and me? Well, for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus... It means that because we have chosen Christ, we're called and chosen by him, like those early disciples to be sent into the world. The word apostle means sent one. When we give our lives to Christ, he he chooses us to become sent ones. It's beautiful. He says he calls the disciples to himself and designated them apostles. The moment you put your faith in Christ, He puts a commission upon you, a sending commission upon you to be a transformer through the power of the Holy Spirit to human hearts and human lives. And in touching human hearts, human lives, you actually begin to bring transformation to society and community. We have chosen to give our lives to him and his will. That's what we do when we give our lives to Christ. Let's make this really clear. When we give our lives to Christ... We are not just saying, "Lord, forgive me for the things I've done wrong so I can go to heaven," but we are choosing to give our lives to the purpose and the desire, the will and the agenda of God. We be, choose to become servants of Christ, like the, the early disciples. We are chosen to bring in His kingdom, and it's a great honor, and it's a great privilege. To be amongst those, like the early disciples, that Jesus gives instructions to by the Holy Spirit. And what are those instructions? And what are we all about? And what are we called into? We're all about advancing the kingdom of God in people's lives. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring transformation to lives and society the workplace, homes, yes, political systems. I'll explain that in a moment. Well, let's think of this, for example William Wilberforce. His life was transformed. And out of that transformation of the power of the Holy Spirit, he worked in government that challenged the, the political system of his day, it challenged the economic system of his day, and it set individuals free from slavery. All three, the economic system was challenged because the world at that time, and certainly the UK, was a lot of its economy was working around the slave trade. The political system, uh, the legal system had to be changed and it needed a vote in parliament. And yet the end game was it transformed and liberated individuals. Because one man and a group of friends possessed by the power of the Holy Spirit brought in the kingdom of God. And there's so much for us to do, isn't there? Maybe international trade, the distribution of wealth, let alone your next-door neighbor, your person in the the workplace, your colleague and friend in school, in university, to see lives transformed from self-rulership to Jesus' government, which brings liberty and freedom into our own lives, that we may bring it wherever we go. The central theme and purpose of Jesus and our lives as followers of Jesus is to bring the reign and rule of God back. It started, it's begun, but we continue to do it until Jesus brings the whole train to a stop and all the carriages land on planet earth from heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to execute on earth. Well, Let's put it this way, Jesus executes the power of the cross and the resurrection on earth through people empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're about. So, for you and I, as we choose to do this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there are some wonderful reassurances for you and I. Number one, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all your needs will be added to you. Not your greed, your needs. Jesus said if you put his righteousness and kingdom first, if you get around his agenda, everything you need to live on earth, he will provide. He cares more for you than he does the sparrows, yet he cares for the sparrows. He'll provide for you. That's a promise and it's for you as you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first in your life and through your life. Secondly, he will never forsake you, but he will work with you and walk with you every day of your life. Go into all the world, preach the gospel of the kingdom, and I will be with you till the very end. Isn't that fantastic? As we go, he goes with us. As we do his work, he backs us up tremendously reassuring and this is great we can know as we determine to live our lives in pursuit of the kingdom and to release the kingdom we can know peace and joy and righteousness look at what the scriptures say the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace joy in the Holy Spirit. As you become agents of the kingdom, as you seek the government of God in your life, for your life and for others, you know peace, joy, and righteousness. And we can experience and know God and his power in our lives and the lives of others. He will work in you and through you till the day he returns through your prayers, through the words you say, through the lives you live, and the things you do in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is more than human activism. We become agents of transforming power. So as we're coming out of lockdown, there's so many things we want to do and we're looking forward to. So many things. Good things. Good things. Gifts of God, bless things, socializing, seeing people, friends, all the things that we have been restricted. As we're coming out of the Lockdown, I just want to encourage our hearts to be centered about what we're looking forward to. That we don't lose focus of why we're here. In all of the celebrations and in all of the wonderful things that we're going to get to enjoy with each other. And Even holidays, outside your front, more than your front garden or back garden, which are all blessings from God. We look forward to them, and I'm looking forward to them. But let's, with that, be eager to seek the Holy Spirit's presence and power. That we may continue to be transformers and bringers of his liberating rule and reign. In our lives and others. Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that this happens. And that's why he emphasizes it in this context that we've been looking at. So if it means waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, let's wait. If it means asking, let's ask until we receive. If it means seeking, let's seek until we find. We're called to be Holy Spirit witnesses of Jesus Christ, his work on the cross, his power to heal, to set people free, his transforming power to every heart. Let's pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's stand together and I'd like the band to come up and we're gonna sing a song that invites and asks the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. For those listening online, whether you want to join in by singing or just let the Spirit of God come upon you as you listen to the music. But just in your heart of hearts, begin to invite the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to pray together and ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch us this morning so that as we ease out of lockdown, we're released to be people of power and presence for the sake of the kingdom of God. Just begin to invite the Holy Spirit now. Why don't you open up your hands? He wants to come. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Basically, Jesus is saying God really wants to give it to you or give Him to you. Thank you, Zoe. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Spirit. ask Him, say, I'm thirsty for your Holy Spirit, I desire your Holy Spirit, I welcome you.
1: you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts love for to be.
0: Jesus says change your mind, the kingdom is coming, the kingdom is here, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, I, I, I believe the Lord wants to begin to transform and renew our thinking, we all need to have our minds opened to the things of God. It's the Holy Spirit who opens your mind to the things of God. Holy Spirit, now just welcome Him. Keep playing, guys. Just ask Him to renew your mind. Say, Open my mind that I may behold the things of God. Holy Spirit, now come upon our thinking release your presence in Jesus' name, to renew every single mind that our thinking may be aligned with your view and way. Help us to see the things of God and the kingdom of God as you want us to, Holy Spirit, let us not be restricted by our own earthbound who has foot pain ankle pain pain in their bones and their feet I command healing in Jesus name pain in the base of the spine in the authority of Jesus command it to go now lumbar pain in the authority of Christ be healed shoulder pain go in the authority of Jesus and all the movement come back pain in the body receive your healing and freedom neck pain, people who've got neck pain might be like, almost like a whiplash in the name of Jesus every restriction of movement from whiplash go in Jesus name be gone be free of your pain I think there's people here with migraine who struggle with these Terrible migraines, like a bind, across, right, around, like almost like somebody's got a band around your head. Ask the Lord to heal that. Lord, heal me of migraine. Say that, heal me, Lord, of migraine. In Jesus' name, I break migraine. Command healing in Jesus' name. Again, Lord, we pray, you'll fill us with your Spirit and with power, and put a desire in our heart to pursue your presence. Keep filling us and keep renewing us. Keep anointing us and keep empowering us that we may bring in your kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ.